kill. Mess around and blood gets spilled. Golden boys with nothing but a bunch of golden boys. It's time for the golden boys. The time of the I just now realized we've been off air for like a month and this is how we return his golden boys. Just a bunch of little Who's we, asshole? <laughs> I mean, you are returning as well. You were just the quiet, angry voice in the background. Uh, yeah, it's the fucking Golden Boys, because even if we are in, like, mid-kind-of-baby hiatus right now, you can't- we can't not award this year. Of all years. This is the- arguably the best year in pro wrestling since I started fucking watching. It's been a real banger, and for the occasion, I would like to announce the happy return of Nighttime Cold Medicine Blake to the podcast. Yeah. I don't know why I thought you were going to say, it's been a real motherfucker, Scotty, a real motherfucker of a year. Well, in some ways, yes, it has. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we've decided, because it was such a great year, to give out twice the amount of awards we usually do, which means this is going to be a two-parter, Golden Boys. And this one's going to be more of a negative. Figured since the show is very much based around the heels and baby faces of the world, we'd have a heel version of the Golden Boys and a babyface version of the Golden Boys. So boys, let's begin... Number one with a bullet, first award of the night, the heel of the year. Last year's winner was MJF Blake. Would you like to begin with number three? Yes, uh, number three heel of the year is none other than the hated, reviled, and yet loved Britt Baker. D-M-D. D. Thank you. Uh, I just think, uh, I mean, uh, Britt's been a good heel for a while. It's just that this year it's really thrown her like, uh, above and beyond in her heel work and how hated she can truly, truly be. Um, she's also, uh, you know, first year she won the, uh, AEW women's championship, which we got to see. Yeah. And, um, I mean, uh, she had, uh, was it late last year or early this year that she had that lights out match with Rosa? It was around kind of that general time. Like I can't give you a specific, but yeah, it was it was around the end of the year. Yep. Yeah. Uh and she just comes out. She's so smarmy. She's the worst. She's the worst I'm, and I love her. I'm holding a lot in right now because I know next week's happening. But um I will also say that it is a bit bizarre that in the category that's supposed to award the person who is the biggest heel and is the most hated person, Dylan put Britt Baker at third with fuck that bitch, which kind of makes her the best heel of the group because she gets heat with you. Yeah. Your poor choice in hairstyle also gets heat with me, but I didn't vote for it. It's a heel move. Mullets are heel moves. Um, Big heel energy. That's why you see so many of them in Florida. <laughs> Did you see Brian Pillman Jr. at frickin' uh, Double or Nothing that first year? And you were just like, that looks like a guy that's got his life together. Let's go with that haircut. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Brett Blake? Uh, no. Feel free to add anything. I, th I know why you're holding it in, though. So if we want to. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to have a lot to talk about next week regarding Brett. Uh, but I'll go to number two and... My personal heel of the year, and it's a man who I went from shoot hating to shoot 
loving more than anything in the world. And whoa, it's on the smoky mirrors. Whoa, here comes Cody Rhodes. And this is when you would put in that gif of it zooming into Cody's ear. <laughs> I love this terrible fucking hue. I described it to Blake perfectly when we went to AEW. It's schadenfreude. I experience pure schadenfreude when you hear wrestling has more than one royal family. Boom! <laughs> and it just fills the arena. Oh, it's so satisfying. I mean, I just... And the fact that now it's kind of become more apparent that he is aware of what he's doing and is aware of the fact that he is making a genuine character decision to play a baby face. Be the worst. To be the worst. To be the worst. I, uh, Just I, be the absolute worst. I thought about it a, a couple of weeks ago because someone was like, why do you like Cody? And I, it's, I realized with guys like John Cena and Roman Reigns, which is what Cody is seeking, is very much that let's go Cody, Cody sucks. You are both- We've a, cut out the first part. I I don't know. Blake was there with it was Atlanta, so you can't really base it off of that. But I think Cody, as far as Orlando, like, was the same way. Yeah, Orlando, it was Atlanta, it was ninety ten. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's he has the I hate saying this because of his dad, but he has the common man demographic. He has the basic watcher lapsed fan kind of in the palm of his hands, while simultaneously getting all of us smarks to argue about how shitty he is. He's in all of our heads, and I fucking love him for it because it's such a creative version of being what a heel is in a yes. world where... Well, he's the common man that the common man wants to be, a.k.a. rich and white. Jesus Christ, Blake! <laughs> uh, I, the, he's not... He's at a line, but he's not wrong. <laughs> I know where to go to get to the line, and honestly, when it comes to Cody's heel run, I think that that is apropos. There's a poor black boy at Christmas on Santa's lap. What do you want, little boy? I want to grow up and be blonde and get a shitty tattoo on my neck, please. I want to come out the middle ramp, Santa. Can I come out the middle ramp? I'm <laughs> out the fucking middle ramp. All right. Is it, it? Listen, is he a good? Is he a good heel if he has go away heat with me? Is that? Is it? Is that what he was going for? Uh, yeah, that's know, hard to I, say. I, I don't, do I? Do I? Do I automatically become worried anytime somebody enters a feud with him because I'm worried that they'll come out worse on the other side of it? Is that? Is that what we're going for? He is at least leaning into it more, like the segment with uh, Guevara where he just walked out and was just like. Hey, kid, how you doing? And then walked away, walked towards the heel ramp, and then went, no, 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 I'm not that. And then walked, turned around to go to the baby face ramp. I was like, I I hate you, and I love how much I hate you. But uh, speaking of someone else who I definitely love to hate, Dylan, would you like to announce number one? Uh, yeah, no, we just I just looked at last year and I was like, no, nah, he's still good doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> if not better, I'd say. Yeah, if not better. Really, if anything, we're just giving him more time. Last year, last year he had to work with a reduced schedule. This year he's had the full year to just be a shithead. Yeah. MJF has MJF has continued to master the art of hey, fuck you. Uh, you're gonna pay pay to hear me hear me <laughs> say that to you. 
it's it's the limited wrestling he does. I don't think he's he has wrestled like on television maybe a half dozen times. Yeah. So if you want to see him get his ass kicked, you have to buy a pay-per-view. And then he'll just magically start pulling out wrestling moves that you don't ever expect his style to have. Yeah. He had the what was it? The fucking like he'll just he'll pull off. What was it, the middle rope moonsault? Him and Darby like, was a classic at full gear. That might have been one of my yeah. favorite matches on that card. Yeah, yeah, just just pulling out all kinds of shit. Where you're just like, why, why, why does the fake salt of the earth guy doing doing what? And uh, yeah, no, I, that's that's part of it. His his uh his ability to just verbally abuse anyone about anything and any place about anything has become almost enjoyable and and it's that same reaction that you get except uh when you hear no 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 it's just booze no one's even <laughs> pretending to cheer except for long island but that place is fucked up that uh, that made me happy for maxwell jacob friedman the human being i was just like oh that's so good for him but fuck that guy <laughs> Um, I did enjoy some. Fuck just you for cheering him. <laughs> he threatened to kill a dog. What you are going to bring up is I love someone described MJF as if you get him frustrated, he's like the Donald Glover bit. That's why your mom's in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I didn't want to wrestle it's... a monster. Yep. I, I really do have to say, like you're you're so right. Like you hit it right on the head, Dylan. He's just been doing doing too good to not pick him again this year. No, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like who are you gonna go? Who are you gonna who are you gonna go with for just like overall? Where it's just like, hey, who's the who's like the the major heel in AEW? It's MJF. Who just mm-hmm. a wasp? It's just a wasp. Yeah, just a just a just a mid twenties wasp. He he literally wears an argyle scarf. He screams it at you, yeah. figuratively and literally. That's Do you want to like, know uh, what people in Long Island, like on Long Island, actually like dress like and look like and act like? You don't have to go to Long Island anymore to see it. I uh, he recently was on the Wrestling Podcast and. It's amazing because it's just him being a dick for an hour. And when it came on, the host of the show had his chair pulled up all the way. And MJF noticed that made him look taller. And MJF just said, lower your chair right now. What are you talking about? Lower your chair. And then during the interview, anytime he would try to make his chair a little bit taller, he'd go, no, no, no. Put it back down. Put that thing back down. You're not allowed to do this. I'll leave. And he threatened to legit. I'm pretty sure he would have shot like shoot. Just left the interview. Yeah. All right. On to our next award. This one is not a negative. It's actually a positive for the theme song of the year. And last year, the tele- the uh, revolution was televised with Ricky Starks. But, Dylan, you went from number one to number three, unfortunately. It's because you have no taste, both of you. No <laughs> I, taste. May, I don't, I've not experienced it enough, I think is the best way to describe why I'm not more what? into so this here's one. The, here's the thing. The next time you hear it, it'll just stay with you. That's the thing about that song, is it's, it's, it's eerily catchy it's so simple it's eerily catchy and uh, of course that is Tyga style for lee moriarty yeah Uh, the part of the 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 future of aew uh it's also a fact that like it just completely i think at at one point 
uh, Ruckus was interviewed. It's like, how do you come up with theme songs? He's like, I, I, I watch them, how they walk, how they enter the arena. And given how fucking Lee Moriarty does, like, weird, like, cherry picker jumps yeah. in his entrance and shit. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, like, hip-hop, like, a very upbeat hip-hop thing, except there's, like, like fake, like, roaring in there, but it's, like, clearly children do it. It's, like, this weird thing of, like, oh, that's so, that's so wholesome, and then, like, he just fake snaps somebody's arm, and you're just, like, nice. Nice. <laughs> Roll um, with me, children. Well, I'm so excited to see what Lee does in the next year, but, um, you know, the thing about, the thing about a good theme song is some people are like, should it be about the wrestler or, or the sport? What should it be about? And I think at the end of the day, you know it's all about the Fucking Adam Cole came in with a club banger. Adam Cole came in and said, wait, Danielson's also debuting? At least give me the better theme song. And then they did, although Danielson's is an ass-shaking ass, uh, ass anthem. But... All About the Boom has been on my repeat ever since Adam Cole debuted. It's got a great guitar riff. It's got great lyrics. Like, that's one of the things that he was discussing about leaving WWE was the fact that he was like, they were trying to take away, like, Adam Cole, Bebe, and the Boom, and that's what the fuck I am. And instead, the theme song incorporates both Adam Cole, Bebe, and Boom directly into it at numerous points. So, because I think that was one of the issues I had with his updated NXT theme, was it only said boom, like, once. Meaning that if he's off rhythm, he's fucked. You cannot boom again at any point. But this one, it's like, no, we're gonna have it say boom every ten fucking seconds. He can hit it whenever he wants to. That is part of why it was lower on mine, was I did notice that, and I was just like, it lost something when you did that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I'm a huge fan of it. The fact that it got success and for the first time in 10 years the iTunes charts were brought up made me very happy. But yeah, uh, all about the boom, and I'm all about Adam Cole, baby. I want you to know that uh, I, I, in my mind, this is only for brand new, new, new songs, or else I would have brought in Kaze Ninare just to be a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just yeah. like it was the first time it was played on national television. <laughs> Counts. <laughs> well, that's almost, uh, that's something like what I did with mine because, uh, as, uh, as we all know, um, I mean, Scotty was Num right. You number hit the nail one. Yeah, number one. You hit the nail on the head when it comes to great, um, great entrance music for a wrestler but really I, I truly think the only thing you missed was what really really makes the best theme songs for wrestlers is licensed music that fits the wrestler very well um also also shit that the entire the entire crowd will go along with Yes. We ended up going along we with did. it at the, at the at the end or like in the middle of the match you like I like mean, we it legitimately, it. but not to spoil it, this song turned this person into a main eventer. Yes, number one is, of course, uh, Jungle Boy. Oh, 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 and, uh, yes, for a year where Jungle Boy started to get, uh, super hot and super over, 
I do think it started with giving him uh, Tarzan Boy as his entrance music. And I think that, um, like, just... I mean, you, you are going along with it during the whole time. From the moment that his music hits, it's... Whoa, 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 Oh, yeah. It's a fucking banger, dude. It made me... Because, like, I've loved that song forever. No, Dylan, I understand that my, putting my headphones on did give me a full mullet. Um, so you two can just you calm down. Like, you, you look like Ricky Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, that's why I couldn't stop laughing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, uh, I adored that song for the longest time just because it was like big 90s nostalgia. And I didn't know what it was fucking called. And then it started playing on AEW. And I'm like, Tony, get Tony Khan fucking gets me. It's like he gets this music that I like. And he yeah. fits it to his wrestlers so perfectly. Uh, that's another thing. This in uh, jungle, like Tarzan Boy, has been just on repeat in my car uh, for yeah, about yeah. a year now. It's real good. I think all of these, uh, with the exception of Moriarty, as of right now, and also Kazai Ninare, uh, they have been on my repeat for a very long time. I was at an airport, just like, yeah, I should just listen to Kazai Ninare right now. I need to vibe out to that. Yeah, I deserve it. <laughs> all right, on to our next award. This is a, a new one this year. And it may be my favorite titled one. Gentlemen, who is the least improved wrestler of 2021? All right. I would, I would like to I, I would like to to throw out there. I did I did genuinely debate putting Britt Baker just so I could start a fight with you. Oh the fight may already happen because of other stuff. So we'll wait. To on be that. fair, to be fair, I had a written argument uh, <laughs> as to <laughs> Wasn't written, but mentally I was just like, I can justify this. I can, I can, I can die on this hill if I need to. I, and I thought about it, but then I went a different direction with it. All right, Blakey T, who is your least improved wrestler? Who got real worse? Coming in at number three, I really and truly thought about this one a lot because I could not think of fucking anybody off of the top of my head until I asked the question, okay, who do I know? that I don't care about anymore. And the first, within two seconds, <laughs> that I remembered a match from All Out, or from uh, Double or no, Nothing, it, rather. Oh, well, All Out 2. All Out 2, yeah. But just starting to Double or Nothing, and I'm just like, hey, QT Marshall's got a pretty good, cool thing going on right now with that robot suit he's wearing. No, he that wasn't QT Marshall. I'm a silly boy. Did, did you think about this hard? Because you said I thought about this hard, and then you started talking about QT Marshall wearing a robot suit. And I wish wish he, I was I was gonna say shit. I thought I was paying attention. I wanna know what's attention. happening in Blake Tanner's head right. Who is this robot man? I'm really high. <laughs> <laughs> Blake uh, least was, improved wrestler shockwave the robot. No, but I <laughs> think of somebody okay, but I anyway, QT Marshall, when I think of somebody that I saw come out and I'm like, oh yeah, he's like could have something going, and then I remember he's done nothing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, that is. Oh, oh, he's done things. He's done things. Oh, were you talking about he, Brian Cage? Being I was big talking Terminator about Brian boy? Cage when he came out with his uh, in his uh, match with Hangman. Um, he's a good one for this category too. He is actually because he went from having that great match with Hangman to like I don't know what else he's done. Yeah. Oh, he's been out. Yeah, yeah I think he might be owned by Ricky Starks on Twitter. Oh, yeah. if that's the case, then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked him because I don't. Well, you really picked wanna... QT Marshall instead, which is amazing. It's a great yes. choice. Because uh, it's just like I, mean, I look at a picture of QT Marshall, and I'm like, ah, I I remember when you were in a piss break match with Paul Wright. <laughs> I don't even hate that that match exists at this point. I'm like, no, if if it's all chocolate, nothing's chocolate. You know, you gotta have something bitter in there to really make everything else all the sweeter. I don't mind it either, but I'm like, you truly tried to give this guy something, but you gave him the thing that I don't think, it didn't get him over. Um, Like, it didn't do anything for him, and it's been doing nothing for him ever since. And I yeah. mean... Also, every time I see him come out in a shirt that makes him look like a professional bowler, I just kind of get mad. <laughs> he has he has two two looks: Sopranos knockoff and high school gym teacher. That's yep. it. He's got he either comes out in his like too tight, like fucking like Under Armour apparel like pullover, and then he pulls it off. You're like, hey, dad bod. <laughs> Yeah. All right. On to my least improved wrestler of the year. And this one true. I think this person is genuinely why I created the category of least improved of someone who I thought was amazing about a year ago. And then as 2021 went on, just became the worst thing on AEW, I think. And it's Matt Hardy. And I don't mind the Hardy family office as a whole. I really enjoy them all separately. But just putting them together, it doesn't work for me. Uh, but then again, Matt Hardy has also rarely worked for me in general. So I may have just been excited for broken Matt Hardy to come to AEW. And then he it, it, made uh, some errors. It was So here's the thing. After it stopped being Matt Hardy and... Uh, oh my gosh. How did I forget their names? Uh, Private Party. Private Party, yeah. The Hardy Don't Party? Know, I want... Yeah, hard after after it stopped being Hardy Party, that's when it started going off the rails. Now I understand part of why that happened. Butcher got uh got hurt. Blade and Bunny needed something to do. That's that's fine. It was the bit when they brought in the hybrid two. That was when shit started to get out of. I don't think it. there is a singular heel tag team in the lower card that is not currently employed by Matt Hardy. <laughs> He's got all of them on his payroll now. Yes, he is the only person that has made me like. I have actively walked out of the room during a segment that included Hangman Adam Page, and it's because Matt Hardy was in the segment. <laughs> So it was. We'll, we'll discuss that one too later. But uh, yeah, no, no. That does that does it. It does remind me like that. I kind of want the Hardy family office to die so that Angelico can do more things. Yeah, I'm the same way. Because I miss South African dance boy. That. <laughs> What's right. your gimmick? What's your gimmick? Dancing fuck boy. That's <laughs> that it. works. It works. I will also break your legs. Okay, on to number one with a bullet, Dylan. Who is the least improved wrestler? Uh, it, it's really so. Like when I watch 
dark and dynamite. There's only really... I'll sometimes do it for Matt Hardy. I won't do it for QT Marshall, because his, his matches are usually a good showcase of the other person. Yeah. Because he's like, he... And you, you get that sense of, like, depending on who it is, it was like, oh, hey, you know, they might beat him. There is nothing that will take the energy out of an AEW YouTube show like Frankie Kazarian showing up. Yikes. Uh, it's, his- it's so weird because, like, Frankie's, if they have, like, a guy like Christian or someone who's been kind of, like, out for a while and they come back, Frankie's usually the first person to greet them, and they usually have a banger. And then Frankie just fucks off to dark to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. The Elite Hunter uh, was the wor- was as bad as the Bullet Club Hunter. Uh, yeah, yeah. So him and... Uh, him and uh, Yoshitashi? Yoshitashi. Yoshitashi, yeah. Yeah, him and Yoshitashi uh, uh, are in the same club of being so ineffectual that uh, their moniker no longer means anything. And yeah, no, his matches are just whatever. Like he, so he wins a bunch of squash matches, and yeah. then nothing happens. So he's just kind of there. When it was him and CD, I would watch it out of like. Bad Influence, The Addiction, SCU. Christopher Daniels is clearly the better person, like, better wrestler, like, all around. (laughs) No, I loved better person. Like, I'm going to evaluate these men. I mean, maybe? I don't know. I don't have enough. I don't have enough stuff. One of them was made head of talent relations, and then one of them plays bass in a shitty band. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh... Whatever, but yeah, no. Frankie Kazarian's music hits, and I see, I see him like on the the card thing, and I'm just like, sweet, can skip this match. It's normally like a ten minute match for some reason, and yeah. then you know it's a little bit less less off the hour forty five YouTube show. But yeah, no, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I think it's the fact he has no promo time. Like his character is like, what's it? What's his character? Angry veteran, kind of Bob he- Holly, but without the heat. <laughs> He's got like Ziggler vibes where it's just like, what's his vibe? He really likes heavy metal. Okay, what's the gimmick? But what though? else? He really likes heavy metal though. <laughs> you don't he get it. He, he he can't bump like Ziggles though. Yeah. That's no, he it. don't sell like him either. All right. Uh, on to our next award. This one is another positive one. Our first year award, which essentially means if this is your first year in like AEW or your first year in a major promotion and you get a chance to shine, you could become a first year uh, like Anna J did last year or like my choice for number three, uh, a young rookie who I just feel like was underappreciated and finally got his shot this year on AEW television, and I really think he hit it out of the park. Um, it's the Icon Sting. It's <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can have a, someone who's a first year and then also called the Icon. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, those two things don't go together. Now, don't get me wrong. Watching Sting's first wrestling match back, where he pulled out like a whole bunch of bullshit against Men of the Year, yeah, yeah. was well, amazing. I mean, that's the thing is like when a lot of these guys, like a Christian Cage or someone, is brought in as almost a mentor type, they kind of take a back seat or just kind of become a mouthpiece. Not fucking Sting. And when he debuted last year at Winter Is Coming, I was very like. 
I mean, I said it on the show. I was like, eh, it's Sting, but also I still have a bad taste in my mouth from what happened in WWE. So I'm not going to say that Sting, a 30 plus year icon of the business, had something to prove to me. But Sting had something to prove this year, and <laughs> motherfucker did it. He Best did deliver. cinematic match of the year, easily, uh, of, like, the legends, if you want to call mm-hmm. them that. Best match that any of them had this year. Like, yeah, I, fucking Sting killed it. And also seeing Sting come, Sting come into a new uh, company, like, um, AEW, and then just, like, still killing it with um, all of the, the younger generation. Yeah. S- Sting is the only person who no-sells and gets cheered. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He does the Hogan no-sell, and everybody's just like, fuck yeah, Sting. <laughs> yes, it's because Sting, and we, is, we as an audience respect Sting so much that we will give him that, even though he's older. Somebody, yeah, somebody can get a pile drive to Sting, he'll get a Scorpion Death Drop, we're just like, yeah, fuck you for thinking you can pile drive Sting, you dumb bastard. That was, that's Sting, dude. Yeah, that's You know what Sting. you just did to Sting. Yeah, also, all, both of his moves are just over as fuck. Like, he 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 goes for the, the, the Scorpion Death Drop, and it's just, like, the whole crowd is going, and I was just like, it's a reverse DDT, it should not be this over. But, it is. <laughs> but it, it is. Yeah. Alright, Blake, do you want to give your the second place, and in my opinion, first place forever, greatest first year, greatest debut I have ever seen. <laughs> and this is Hook! Send a hawk! <laughs> I just, I did not think that I would pull my choice from somebody who has only had one match within, like, at the bare thread into the He's wire. Had one match that took place five days ago. <laughs> he has sold more t shirts this week than CM Punk. <laughs> Yes, Um, and that is why Hook is the most improved in your hearts, my hearts, and the heart of his dad, the human suplex machine, Taz. God, I originally had picked Hook as, like, the the meme answer. It would be hilarious for Hook to win first year after not even having a match, so I was going to pick Hook. Then I thought, no, let's give some love to Sting. He deserves it. And then Hook had that debut, and I was furious because I had already submitted Sting. But it was so good! It was right after that that I'm like, wow, nobody picked Hook. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would also like to say that, like, going from somebody who, when you look at it on paper, Hook has just been there. But he has been there so much we love him. God, he's so clean. Not since, like, Nick Jackson in his prime have I seen someone move across a ring so fucking smoothly as Hook. It's great. He's like heel Orange Cassidy. He just walks in the ring real slow, bell rings, turns around, time to murder, murders, then bends, and then leaves. It's so good. Didn't even wait to have his hand raised. Like, everything he did, it was just like, oh, I can tell that you have been... Like, it's it's this weird thing where it only works in his situation where he's been there, he's gotten screen time, he, like, doesn't have any jitters because he's been in front of these crowds, but, like, he, he didn't actually have any pressure on him. Yeah, the moment when it cut to Fuego looking across the ring confused as Hook just had his back turned to him, disrespectful as a motherfucker, I went... 
you're my new favorite wrestler, buddy. Congrats. Hey, there you go. And he's fucking delivered. I know we've been waiting a long time for this, but Hook delivered. Hell yeah. You send send in Hook, you're going to make money. All right. Number one with a bullet, though. Who is the first greatest first year in AEW this year, Dylan? Oh, you gotta, you gotta go with, uh, with the man who, who had probably one of the best run of the indies while simultaneously having one of the best starts to pro pro wrestling in AEW. He got adopted, which was very nice. He got adopted. Yes, Daniel Garcia, Red Death, having having a year among years in his first year. Teaming up with 2.0 to be perhaps my favorite trio in in yeah. AEW at this point. Nothing nothing <laughs> pops me as much as them showing up. I was like, oh good, some 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 bullshit's gonna happen. Some good yeah, bullshit. Yeah. But that man is so good at being tw- <laughs> at, at 23. Like like current Zack Saber Jr. Like not not quite, but like five year ago, Zack Saber Jr. Like when yeah. Zack started to break out, like you know, one best of the or uh, one uh, battle of uh, the bola. Like it's like almost that level at twenty three. Like he he fought he fought fucking Alex Shelley, Suzuki, like just like name after name. I mean, speaking then, of Suzuki, then, like that's what got then, him over with me was when you said he's like American <laughs> Suzuki, and I said, oh okay, I'm good, I'm I'm in now. Yeah, because because it's that same it's that same intensity. He he comes down to the rig and like you look in his eyes. I did I noticed this back last year because I remember I remembered him from uh, when he did Dark, and I was like, you look in that man's eyes. There's nothing there. That man is empty and full of murder. And he showed up again, and it was I was like, it's still there, it's still there. And his matches, his fucking modified sharpshooter thing. The match he had with frickin' Eddie, the match he had with CM Punk. Afterwards, yeah. each time tweeted out what went wrong, the strategy he could kayfabe the fuck out of it. Like this man, this man's got it. This guy, like this man, Lee. Like I'm just technical wrestling in America is going in such a good direction. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's so good. Like we have to keep an eye out. On to our next one, the worst match of the year. And I actually, this is a fucking tough one in general, so I did just look up worst AEW match this year, because that would obviously be, like, what we're pulling from. Jurassic Express versus Bear Country, which I believe was just to promote Kong versus Godzilla's on here. Gallows and Kazarian, which, yeah, if you want the definition of phone it in, put those yep. two in the ring. Uh, and then I'll... I, I got well. Okay, it's not her fault. This is on there. Uh, Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero, which I didn't know happened. Yeah, that was where uh, that was where freaking uh, Rebel hurt her knee again. Ah, okay, oh, okay, okay. That's yeah. All right, uh, but uh, but then again, then you have choices like mine, which I know is going to cause maybe a little bit of controversy, and I I understand. Um, but I I will say number three. The exploding barbed wire death match. Um, and I don't want to say it was the worst match of the year because it was all bad either. I want to say it was the be- worst match of the year for me because it was a match that I had expectations for. And I didn't expect anything stupid. Like, I didn't expect the ring to explode. I didn't expect like them to actually put themselves in uh, like uh, 
like a major harm's way or anything. But it still let me down. I think, and I think I talked about this on the show as well. It's not a bad match because it's Moxley and Omega. They can't have a. They can't have a bad match. I can't tell you the number of things that Omega is nominated for because we'll get to them. The uh, the stipulation was the issue because. Yes, it is a iconic Japanese deathmatch stipulation, but also it's taking these two guys who are fucking brilliant and limiting them, which has worked. And in, in fact, our our match of the year took two wrestler or some wrestlers and limited them and saw what they could do. But in this case, you can't hit three of the fucking ropes, so any any whips across the ring are immediately out. You can't dive to the outside because there's shit out there too, like. It, it was rough because, in general, there was so much shit put on them that the match could have been a whole lot better without having to have this stipulation on it. So, I don't think it was a bad match. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't either, but, like, I think it is the worst match for me because of, like I said, how it played with my expectations. Because the moments that they did go out of the ring, out of the comfort zone, um, those were pretty good. Yeah. And it just made me be like... You know what, if they were freer to, like, they had two sides of the ring or something, and or one was just the poison explosion side, if you gave them more to work with, it could have been, a, like, a, such a much better match than it actually turned out to be. Yeah. I do and that's like, ending notwithstanding. Yeah. Uh, I do like how Dylan just wrote shame on you <laughs> for this. <laughs> Um, although technically, Blake, you have awarded the worst match of the year because Dylan and I's choices are not one singular match. Um, but mine is coming in hard at number two, and it comes from a night where I said, I'm pretty high. And EC3 just uploaded the entirety of Free the Narrative 2 onto his YouTube page. Wait, there's a one? There was a one. Yeah, the first one had Zack Ryder in it. How was that? Uh, not watch that one because the second one was hot garbage. Um, at one point, Matt, firstly, it's narrated. So we don't have commentary, but we do have a narrator. And at one point, Matt Taven walks in and I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, a purple hue has taken hold over the narrative. And that's the kind of shit you would hear during it as like Peros beating the shit out of a guy on the mat. And it's just like... Anger has taken over Jervis's mind. What's going to happen next, you may wonder. Tune in, listener. Like, it was all weird bullshit. And, like, essentially, EC3 right now is Tyler Durden. Thinks he's Tyler Durden. And there so we this, go. There we go. And, and so he's trying to do, like, a Project Mayhem type thing going on right now, which I don't mind. It's the fact that he then decided to do a whole ass pay-per-view in that gimmick and they just all blended together and it was just all rough then the titan showed up and fucking Braun Strowman's not good he's just not good man it was a rough show all around it was extremely pretentious it was everything wrestling I in my opinion shouldn't be because it wasn't fun and I I oh god you know me. I like bad shit. And I know you this- like cinematic matches, too. I know you have put those on, a, like, a rate them at a really, like... Let me put it this way. The best part of Free the Narrative 2, 
is the fact that he got 2.0 in there to essentially be the uh, fucking Muppets up up uh, that are what? What the fuck are their names? Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, they're just getting to make fun of shit the entire time. So at one point, uh, I think Pero beats someone up, walks out of the ring, and they're just looking at each other like, "Wait, does he not pin him? No, you're not supposed to pin him during these. It's it's a knockout. Why would it be knockout? It's and it's just them arguing over how stupid the show is." It's good to get a little meta, I guess. It's not. All right, <laughs> Dylan. Number one worst matches, I will say, this year. Listen, listen. They all add up to the time of one match. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really just like a really shitty gauntlet that took place in multiple cities and countries. Yeah. And that is, of course, the Queen's Crown Tournament. Which is the worst thing ever. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like a reverse women's revolution. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Diva's revolution? What, whatever, whatever that is. It's like the reverse of that. They're like, how can we make the division look shittier? I know. We'll have a whole tournament, bill it as the Women's Royal Rumble. Except every match will be no greater than four minutes. 90% of them will end in flash pins. Nothing will be decisive. We'll have the we'll have the final in a country that oppresses women. <laughs> That's where we'll have the final. And that match will also be less than 5 minutes. It so is the worst thing ever <laughs> i i would also like to say i appreciate where we showed restraint in picking like wwe things but this is the one where i'm like yep yep that needs to be there <laughs> yep, that that is. Is. yeah no yep. it's the fact that it's it's like six i was like what was it seven matches and it took and it took tw- 20 minutes 20 minutes. It it took the length of one good G1 climax match. <laughs> you could you could tailor it listen, the entrances were about the same time as the matches combined. Like if you ran all the entrances together, comparable. May actually be longer. I haven't done that math yet. <laughs> I refuse to. It doesn't deserve the energy. <laughs> All right, on to our next one. This one's a positive again. What is the biggest surprise of this year? Something that shocked the living hell out of you. Blake, would you like to begin? Yes, this is the one. I think this was also the first big surprise um, in AEW that I was just super jazzed about that year, this year. Um, because I can't remember any other big names coming over other than the whole Paul White thing, but that wasn't so much a surprise that it just happened. Yeah. Um, Christian was pretty good, uh, but... I mean, when like, it comes there's, down- some, there's some on here that I didn't... Like, I didn't put Punk, I didn't put Danielson, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we knew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this one, because this is one where it's just like, probably, but when his non-compete is up, which we all thought was going to be more than 35 fucking days. That's Alistair, right. Yeah. I almost call him Alistair. Malachi Black. No, you can call, you can technically call yeah. him Alistair Black. You're good. Uh, but, uh, like, when uh, when he came out, just it, it, not expecting it, re- us thinking, like, oh, he's not going to be uh, coming in for a while. He's not going to make any 
uh, decisions or debuts, and then Tony started teasing like he does. Tony do a big tease. Yeah. And then uh, when he came out and his eye where he was injured and his last WWE match, um, you could see where it had grown and like the damage is growing and that's become a central part of his character. And now he is infecting people and infesting people with the darkness and now um, he is so much more than a king. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Um, he's 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 rad. He's rad yeah. as fuck. He is pretty fucking rad, as a matter of fact. Malachi Black and his and his wife won the queen's crown. So like he's doing really great all around. <laughs> yeah, they're doing like they're all uh, doing great. And uh, the fact that he just came literally uh, out of the shadows uh, for his debut. Um, he also like, beat up kicked, Cody. Yeah. Yes, he beat up bonus Cody. Bonus points. Bonus points. How do, you, how do we get, how do we get p- p- someone in the good graces of the crowd on their debut? Uh, beat up Cody Rhodes? Beat up Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. That's right. Beat up Cody That's Rhodes. Right. Beat up. Hey, guys, did I hear my name? <laughs> no, Cody, you're good. <laughs> All right, on to my surprise, and mine's a little bit weird. Wait, wait, you're because second. I'm second. Yeah, oh, yeah, sweet. I won. You got first on a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, um, mine is not a surprise in the normal version of what you would consider a wrestling surprise to be. It's not. Oh fuck! So, like this person's here. Oh, this person showed up. It's the fact that All Out happened. We, of course, all had that adrenaline flow and of, holy shit, that was a good show. But also we have the adrenaline of watching a live wrestling event going. It was the day after that the surprise happened because that was when I woke up and I realized I had just watched the greatest wrestling pay-per-view I have ever fucking seen. Live, I mean. It was this feeling of, uh, like, because people were literally describing it as, like, This is 96 bash at the beach levels. This is where the war is truly beginning. And I'm like, no, 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 fuck bash at the beach. Because I remember matches from all out. I, all I remember from bash at the beach, of course, is the, the match where Hogan turns. But I mean, we will be talking about a certain match from all out. We are going to be talking about, Certain people who have shown up at All Out. We had Ruby Riot show up. We had all of these surprises, but yet at no point did it ever, like, it almost felt unreal at points. Because I remember after uh, Bucks Lucha Bros just looking down and being like, huh, great pay-per-view. I was halfway through the fucking show. (laughs) There was still so much more to go, and it all banged. Jericho and MJF, who, like you said, MJF usually does a limited-type moveset, that was the best MJF match I've ever fucking seen. Like, all of those matches on that card, even Paul White and QT Marshall, served a purpose and worked together to create a fucking amazing wrestling pay-per-view. And the shitty thing about this show is the fact that we can't do pay-per-view of the year because there's only, like, four to choose from for us. But, yeah, no, surprise of the fucking year is the fact that, yeah, we got that. We got that. It was uh, it it was like you know after like a good match, it was like oh, I need a I need a cigarette after that. Is you would you would have had to be chain smoking, <laughs> <laughs> whole pack gone. I need a cigar after that one. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple, just got <sighs> yeah. Uh, and uh, speaking of all out, though, I think 
Dylan's surprise of the year may have happened at that very show. It it was. So, you know, um, underrated match, in my opinion. You know, Kojima versus Moxley ends. Uh, I I still feel like that, that match didn't get his due. Uh, but match ends. You know, things get quiet. Moxley's in the ring. He's been, he's been like, you know, feuding, quote-unquote, calling out Hiroshi Tanahashi for for weeks. And you think, oh, okay, Tanahashi's gonna show up. Fuck you, no! <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of Kaze Ninare starts... Or no, 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 it wasn't even that. Suzuki just walks out in a goddamn track suit. No, I think Kaze Ninare hit. Uh, did I, I did think, hit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that man just walks out in a track suit. Just not dressed in not like in a fight, just hands in his pockets, strolls out. And like, P- listen, even if you don't know who he is, you look at him and you're just like, all right, well, business is about to pick up. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, you need to understand, I jumped off my couch and I started like running in place. I was so jazzed. <laughs> like, because I didn't see this coming. Like, I, like at no point was like the forbidden doors open. At no point was like, yeah, and Suzuki can show up. Like, that wasn't even on my list of people they would get. Yeah. And I was so happy because he then beat the shit out of John Moxley. And that made me feel better about my yes. life. I got like, it was one of the moments where I surprised my roommate because he and I were watching the sh- uh, show together. When I just got up and screamed Suzuki, and he he had no idea who I was talking about. Yeah. But the look on my face, the pure elation and joy is like, oh, this guy means business. I mean, Dylan pointed out, like, exactly why this was such a good surprise. Because on that night, everyone's going, when's Danielson getting here? Maybe when Adam Cole's getting here. Ruby Riot. oh, we know when Ruby's coming out. So we all had these different surprises that we were expecting. Instead, we got Suzuki, and then they delivered on the other surprises, too. They were like, okay, we got you. Anyways, here's the shit you wanted. <laughs> It was the Red Rider BB gun behind the Christmas tree at the end of the night. There's one more toy. <laughs> All right. And he's going to kick your face in. <laughs> All right. Now on to a- another award. <laughs> um, we have not, we've been purposefully been avoiding a certain company for most of these, um, but not for this award, which is WWE's biggest fuck up of 2021. <laughs> Ah, uh, these are the fuck-ups that made it so big that uh, we found it hard not to talk about and that got all the way to us who were active, some of us actively trying to avoid WWE. Yeah. Uh, would you like to start off? Yes, let's go. Number three is Becky Lynch's return. Fuck. Um, Because, god damn it, why... Did you come back, have her squash Bianca Belair, and then just be like, I'm a heel now. Guess what? You remember all the chants? You remember all the love you gave me? I'm not going to give any of it back. I'm going to insult you again. You remember when this happened last time? Do you remember when no matter what I did would uh, like wouldn't make people boo me every week? Well, now I'm going to have to get new heel heat every week for whatever I do (laughs) just because I got I came back and was a heel. And also, I just ruined Bianca's like huge title uh, reign celebration. Listen, listen, step 
step one become the female version of your husband the drip king seth rollins yeah it it is honestly honestly i hope there's a fashion i hope there's like a fashion twitter out there that just analyzes their outfits every week and i want to know who i want to know who clothes them and i want to know where they burn those clothes afterwards because they're atrocious (laughs) see i don't hate heel becky i love heel becky she is very very good it's the how they fucking did it because afterwards they straight i think becky was interviewed and said well if i go out there and i have a great match with her a 20 minute classic and she loses that does nothing for her if i beat her instantly then the fans are going to get back behind her because they think something was stolen from her and i'm like no no because (laughs) wwe never pays it off what do you mean bianca's feuding with dewdrop now i thought this would have paid off for her by now uh, it just never uh, happens. I love Piper Niven. I apologize, but stop. In fact, hey, uh, honorable mention: the fact that they named Piper Niven fucking Dewdrop. Um, it also my- like it makes me. It it made me actively try to stop reading about WWE more after yeah. that happened because I'm just like, okay, now I can completely just cut my ties from caring about this company. And sucks because they just sucked Owens back in. Um, my mine isn't exactly like a, oh, I can't believe they did this. Look at what they did. That's so stupid. It's a genuine like, how do you fuck up this bad and let Daniel Bryan in your world, Bryan Danielson in ours, leave? Bry D. It's not D Bryan anymore. It's Bry D. How in the landscape of professional wrestling right now do you let Daniel Bryan leave? Because you knew he was going to do what he did. You knew he was going to go fight Kenny Omega. You knew he was going to go fight Hagman Page. And yet you still did. You actively shot yourself in the face with a shotgun and just looked at all of us while you did it like, well... He wanted Japanese people, and Vince didn't like it. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, that's, that's in my opinion, WWE's biggest shooting of their foot. It, it, in addition to that, all of the other people they released. But, I mean, yeah. like, Brian's the big one, in my opinion. Like, the fact that they... And I know a lot of it was Brian was like, fuck it, I want to wrestle. I Like, I want to keep wrestling, and I want to wrestle, like, the way I want to. Which I get, but... He wrestles every week. Sometimes multiple times. Oh yeah. And like it's not even likes to go. Yeah, no one and no one even asked him to. I'm pretty sure he's just like, so I got a match next week, right? And they're probably like, listen, like you don't have I have a match next week, right? You don't have a roster anymore, Brian. I have a match next week against you, Tony, unless you find someone. Uh, and like you could, you could have kept him until like the very end of his career if you just let him do what he's best at. Yeah. No, no, Murder we have to. People. We have to do sports entertainment that, enter, that entertains no one. Anyway, and speaking of the ultimate in sports entertainment, Dylan, number one for biggest fuck up of the year is. <laughs> 
Man, so there's like the added fuck up to this, which is like, so NXT got changed to NXT 2.0, and they basically took everything NXT was and said, fuck that. But it's the fact that they did all of this while Triple H was out medically. Now that's right. <laughs> that makes it extra shitty. So ba- uh, essentially Vince and Bruce Pritchard were, uh, was it? Kevin Dunn were like, hey, we're going to take this over. You failed. You didn't kill AEW right away. Uh, therefore, we're going to make this show now and we're going to make it successful. Meanwhile, viewership is as low as it's ever been. They're tanking in the demographic. Um, but and- they have a Steiner now. Uh, they have Braun Breaker. I don't know Steiner. <laughs> I don't know that name. Yeah, I don't I'm not know that name. To say it. I haven't that, heard that name in fifty years. Uh, yeah. Now, granted, that was his idea, but it was a dumb idea, and somebody could have stopped him. And it's yeah. it's he's a Steiner, and you trusted his judgment. Yeah. <laughs> he he even talks like the dumber Steiner. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, no, it's this thing where like. They turned it into a developmental thing again. They basically are, are I think we're like, yeah, this is where we're going to funnel people from our developmental thing into, into the main roster rather than having a third brand like you had win Survivor Series. Yeah. How does this happen? How do we go from, yeah, this be, this, these teams basically shut out like the the main roster, like the multiple tag matches, singles, like these these guys are legit. Just kidding. We're getting rid of all of them, all I don't, of them, and we're I, replacing I, them with athletes who are who are training to do our style of of of, of wrestling. You know the style yeah. that that you can just see technically done better on the main roster. We're just going to show you the crappier version because these are athletes with no wrestling experience wrestling other athletes with no wrestling experience <laughs> being carried by people who can wrestle like Cameron Grimes and Tommaso Ciampa and Kyle O'Reilly used to be Kyle O'Reilly used to be Johnny Gargano too. They ain't there now. You thought losing Daniel Bryan was bad. You changed NXT and lost all of undisputed era except the least charismatic one. How did you fuck <laughs> oh. that up? Oh, see, like, I don't mind NXT going back to being a developmental brand in general. I do mind when it's a weekly television show on USA that needs to be getting them money. And like, I, I thought about it earlier today. And what disappoints me the most about also, it is also, with... also the rainbow jizz on the NXT logo. Oh, yeah. big, big unicorn come everywhere. Um, It's. It's the fact that with the change to NXT 2.0, it was WWE officially kind of agreeing with AEW because AEW's tagline basically from the beginning is, we're not at war, they do their thing, we do our thing. And for the past two years, WWE has had AEW's thing in NXT. And this was a WWE finally saying, no, they're right. We do this, they do that. And now this company that you have loved for 10 plus years or at least had a tumultuous relationship with for the past 10 years is officially looking at you and saying, fuck you. We're not going to deliver any of what you want now. Hmm. Uh, it's fucking sucks. How do they fuck up this? Okay. 
On to our next one, the worst angle of the year. Um, last year's was won by Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins, and I think they may still be feuding to this day. I'm not actually sure. They followed him to the ends of the earth, but uh, for this year, number three is the Matt Hardy, Big Money Matt, Hangman Adam Page storyline uh, coming at you from me. I just did not... I didn't care about the the Matt parts of it, and I thought that oh, it yeah. brought, like, Hangman down in, like... And I understand long-term booking, long-term storytelling. I know Hangman had to do other things. Like, I know we had to... Uh, help him start building his confidence up in step one like on paper having matt try to sign him to a contract every week and eventually blowing off the feud with hangman saying i don't need your fucking contract i'm gonna kick your ass and go on my own way well he did end up signing it he did end up signing the contract but it was a that's why I don't mind this storyline. It's uh, because actually, it's because Hangman was a smart baby face, which he was never a smart happened. baby face. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, which is uh, like he did the he did the clever thing in the end. He outclevered Hardy. And it just like the Hardy yeah. bits of it fe- fell so flat for me that I just thought it drug it down so much that it made me not care about a Hangman storyline as much as I should have done. See, for I me, think I would I would put Cage Hangman if we're going worst Hangman story of the year. Probably Cage. See, I already forgot about that one, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it had that great moment where he gets knocked back and he trust falls with the Dark Order and the Dark Order oh, yeah. pro- props him up and he hits the hits the buckshot layer. Like it had great moments. It was less that Matt Hardy brought it down and Hangman's story at the time, his redemption arc was so good that it brought the brought the story up with it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, on to number two, um, and much like Dylan's thoughts about Cody Rhodes being a heel to the point where I, you just don't want to watch them, that's how I feel about a certain leader of America's top team, Dan Lambert. I know he's good, and I know he's great at getting heat. I cannot stand to watch Dan Lambert. I just fucking hate it. Uh, and their storyline with the inner circle, I just couldn't get it. Like, they had that moment where Scorpio and Ethan are in the ring and we're all kind of wondering like, oh, okay, who's America's top team going to feud with next? And then the inner circle walked out and I went, ah, well, this might as well happen. Now I don't have to care about this story at all. It was also but, the bit uh, where it drugged the, T, uh, t- the TNT champion into it so he didn't have his own thing. The inner circle should have died to the pinnacle. It yes. really should have. Like it was a perfect moment. Like it would have been like, a good breakup. And like they, they, fu- I'm sure Jericho pulled his like, like threw his weight around on that one. But it was the yeah. wrong move. It's the wrong move because they're never seen. They never help each other. Like when was the last time that like Hager or Jericho helped fucking proud and powerful? I have seen Eddie Kingston help proud and powerful more than the inner circle have. Yeah. yeah. And, and like that. I've seen Fuego del Sol help Sammy Guevara more than Jericho has. Yeah. It is. It has. Yeah. No, that. I don't like men of the year. I, don't, I do. I like men of the year. I do not like America's top team featuring men of the year. Here's the thing. I I I don't mind. It's the combination of the like. I don't mind Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert seems like an actual like a good mouthpiece. Dan Lambert like being a mouthpiece to like 
anyone other than two guys that can actually talk. Also, talking about how manly they are while they just dress like, just like the the most flamboyant models you've ever seen in your life. And I was just these manly men. Meanwhile, the dudes on his squad are all dressed in t-shirts and jeans, like legit MMA champions. And I was just like, I feel like there's a disconnect here. Either everybody's got to be Gucci or no one's Gucci. That's it. (laughs) You can't mix these and be like, these people are all equal. No, there's just freaking freaking Ethan page is literally wearing a shirt. That's just like like from a globe, and like the tightest this- tits in the game. Yeah. Ethan Page. Yeah, it's just like uh. you can't have tightest tits in the game, and then you, a former UFC heavyweight champion, not most knockouts in him. You can't have that. That's not how that goes. <laughs> I do. Uh, you did quote my favorite line from The Incredibles, which, of course, is like when the whole world is Gucci. No one is Gucci. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then the match uh, match was not the best. And it did end with Jericho screaming at what the fuck? It was some one of the MMA guys screaming at him to punch him in the face while Jericho was pretending to do a moonsault. And then it was like the longest hold ever. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. It was bad all around, but yeah. not as bad. Is number one with a bullet on this list. Yeah, so and I'd argue the birth of uh, the birth of my heel of the year. Yeah, so um, how could you be disappointed in this world without racism that was created during the story? <laughs> so here's the thing. All of the worst things that have ever come out of AEW are somehow related to Cody Rhodes. (laughs) So the Nightmare Collective was because of Cody Rhodes. The Nightmare Family Factory ballooning up like the Wu-Tang Clan. (laughs) That was because of Cody Rhodes. QT Marshall suddenly splitting off with some other people to feud with Cody was because of Cody Rhodes, and it was the worst goddamn storyline of the year. Because the whole thing was, I need to prove that I am as good as you. I need to prove. And you know what happened? He wasn't. Cody just (laughs) one-upped him every week. Cody just whooped his ass. Time and time again. And then he was like, okay, you know what? I got this bronze medal Olympic boxer. Okay, well, we're going to make this a foreign heel thing, except the foreign heel is just going to talk some, like, straight truth about about modern America. Uh, and, uh, goddamn, wouldn't you know it, people rallied behind that. And meanwhile, Cody Rhodes decides to become the most Republican pro wrestler. <laughs> Claiming, claiming, like, goddamn it, he might have, he might as well have grown a mullet for that match. That's how goddamn deep I south loved, he was getting. I loved watching the recap of this on Roads to the Top because I thought it was going to be Cody being like, "I'm going to do this or that." No, it's legitimately Cody being like, "This is a very important thing to me." And Brandy's like, "He's got to say what he's got to say." And then he walks out to the ring, cuts the promo. They edit it to make everyone look like they are cheering Cody. And Brandy starts crying. And I'm like, that's not what happened. That's not at all what reality was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
It, uh, uh, I just think, yeah, that's where that meme started. Cody Rhodes single-handedly <laughs> ends <laughs> ends racism because he's gonna give birth to a beautiful half white, half black, half Mexican, <laughs> half Asian, all of them in one jar. Yeah, I'm gonna he, name after America. So here's the thing: is I don't know if Cody has ever been told that um when white people try to solve racial problems it just makes it look worse yeah <laughs> it's just a real bad situation real bad situation <laughs> for everyone involved it did not help that anthony agogo is not white yes <laughs> so oh, yeah. read the room my dude so you had you had the the like you know the the black foreigner from East England, Olympic gold medalist. His his like tights, his like thing. It is is in the shape of like the Olympic rings, that representing was the, the world, the world against Cody Rhodes. And guess what? Homelander won. That was Paul how Lander. that match went. Yeah, he won against Anthony Agogo. Shouldn't have. Knew we, we all oh, knew God, he was. I, I just now remembered the finish because he was like, I, for one night, will become the American dream like I am Batman. And then uh, he did not defeat him with a bionic elbow or any of Dusty's maneuvers. Just used the fucking cop killer on him. He was like, let's go, bitch. I've been watching homicide matches all day. <laughs> for the breakup, yeah. So that was... That was awful, and then it kind of meandered and continued a bit after that, where it like yeah. like it, it just kind of it just kind of kept going. It until, petered out basically until Malachi yeah. Black showed up and kicked Cody into a different storyline. Yes, <laughs> literally. Well, uh, speaking of Cody, we now move on to an award that's named the Cody, and it is an award representing the biggest moment of you didn't have to fucking do that. In wrestling this year, which if it had happened before I had already put in my my selection, I would say Cody going through a flaming table on a just random episode of Dynamite. Yeah, that would definitely be a Cody thing. The table that his own wife lit on (laughs) fire after reappearing. By the way, wearing like a bandana and pulling it down like, yeah, I'm here. And everybody's like, why? Why? (laughs) What? You didn't have to hide. You didn't have to hide. Yeah. We got it. Uh, so, Scotty, would you like to start us off at number three? Yeah, this is is this my first three? Oh, no, I had Sting, too. Well, speaking of Sting, <laughs> my, uh, my Cody Award recipient this year is Darby Allen in general. Um, m- more specifically, just the shit Darby does not even in wrestling matches. Because it's all dumb, and it's never made me want to watch a Darby match. Darby getting yeeted down concrete stairs at Daly's Place by Men of the Year just made me go, that hurt. That doesn't look like it felt good, bud, and I do not care to see you fight Men of the Year right now. Or, um, didn't he get, like, put in a body bag and airlifted at one point? They put him in a body bag multiple times. Dragged behind a truck. Uh, there was that He's thing tr- where he got f 10 onto some guardrails. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, 
Darby, I get it. You are a daredevil, and that's pretty much your the only thing about your character right now, other than the fact that you wear skeleton face paint, which is real cool. But you don't have... I get it. We all loved Jackass back in the 2000s, Darby, but you don't have to bring it back. As Darby Allen has said multiple times, he is here for, uh, he, he's going to run the, run the wheels off this bitch full, full speed all the time. And like, yeah, but he's not even driving on the road anymore. <laughs> he didn't say he did. Yeah. He didn't say that it was going to be on the road. He just said the pedal was <laughs> down. Jesus takes the wheel, Scotty. <laughs> Guess what? Jesus is wearing skeleton face paint. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus is wearing sting face paint. It's sting. It's sting. Uh, but yeah, just just in general, yeah. Like I didn't mind Darby's TNT title reign was good, and his stuff with Sting is very good. But I'm just I'm tired of Darby Allen. All right, Big D. What you got for number two? Uh, I have my most what the fuck moment uh, of the Cody storyline because um, so the promo was terrible, but you need promos to build a, a match between two people. Yeah. Do you know what you don't need? A weigh in. You don't need a weigh in for a <laughs> wrestling match. Now, if they had made it like a like a like a, a sh like a half shoot boxing match or something, that would be fine. But they had a legitimate weigh in. Paul White was fucking like announcing the segment was so bad that Tony Khan like cussed and said fucking end it. And that, it's, it was a full segment on Roads to the Top. Yeah, it was, it was a, a full, full thing, segment. Yeah. It was so bad that they put it on national television to be like, would you like to see Tony Khan be fucking done with something? <laughs> yes. Oh, and also, like, if you want a quintessential the Cody-like moment, you either go with this one or, like you said, Scotty, the, the flaming table, but that happened so recently. Yeah. Uh, so, and apparently he's still on, like, Instagram showing pictures of his back all fucked up and basically being like, look at what I put my body through. It's like, bud, you made the decision to do that. None of us told you to get up there and go through that. In fact, I actively, once I saw Brandy put what can be described as a gallon of fuel on that table, I said, that's not going to be able to all burn off before it splashes onto Cody. This is, this, don't fucking do it. And then he did it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the only time I've seen like a weigh-in segment that works was surprisingly, I will give them credit, 205 Live. That was such a good gimmick, was guys who would be like 210 and 215 trying to like match weight and try to get down to the, yeah, I loved that. It doesn't make sense in a fucking non-wrestling match, like if it's not cruiserweight or something like that. There's no reason to know what, how much these boys weigh. We know it. They're big boys. It's like we get it. The divisions uh, aren't like that. Blakey T, is this your first? This isn't your first number one, is it? No, my uh, my other one tonight John. was uh, Jungle Boy. JB, um, get it, big boy. God, y'all. When I was thinking about these Cody moments, and for me, it was like it it ascended beyond the level of God. You didn't have to do that to. You didn't have to do that, and I'm so pissed that you did. <laughs> like, it was, what, 30 more seconds, maybe? You could have given this 30 more seconds of time, and you could have let them play Kaze Ninare, so we could have gone along with it in Suzuki's first 
fucking AEW match against John Moxley. Ever and they didn't do it. Ever the great promoter though. The fact that they immediately turned it into a storyline shows how good AEW is. Yes, the only, that is that the is only what bad like. part about that is Suzuki had to pretend to give a fuck. Yeah. And he clearly didn't at first until they were like, hey, you have to be upset about this. And I'm sure he like rolled his eyes was like, oh, God, all right. It's a good song, but I don't know why they're all so mad. Uh, we American fans tend to uh, get hot-headed when they take away our chances to yell very loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and that is what happened when they uh, cut Kazu Ninare short. The, and the uh, fabled Suzuki incident. The Suzuki incident. I do like, they, they had Punk do a whole segment on Dynamite the next week about it. Yeah. It was, oh, God. God. Yeah. That, that's a big Cody moment right there. Just a big, you didn't have to fucking do that. But now on to our main event of the evening, because yes, this is the heel episode and we're focusing on the big, big heels in the world of professional wrestling. Well, right now we're going to focus on the fucking shoot heels who are terrible people this year and why are we giving them awards? Well, we all picked the same, uh, the same three. Like we, we all, um, agreed it on them. It feels a bit like a Pokemon evolution. It feels like this person did a bad thing, but it was a bad thing because of this person who did bad things because this person let them do it. Uh, so I'll start at the bottom of that totem pole with the Charmander in the form of Tommy fucking Dreamer because oh, fuck, I tried to figure out how to say it without spoiling the next heel of the year. But, uh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer, bud, uh, don't go on national television and victim blame and talk about a guy getting his dick out being funny as hell, because that's just weird in general. D please, please don't cons condone sexual assault oh, on TV, yeah. Tommy. I've studied comedy damn near my entire life, and there's not a page in any of those books that says... All right, look, if you're losing the crowd, just get your dick out and shove it at somebody and see what happens. You'll get a yeah. chuckle every time. And, like, the reason why instinctively, like, something like that causes you to chuckle, it's not because it's funny. It's because of a, ha this isn't, that's not what you're supposed to be fucking doing, bud. No, it is a nervous laugh that Tommy was like, this is comedy. Now, when you get to that point, you're just like, I really just want to leave the room now, okay? Yeah. Like, that's the point where it's just like you start trying to get out of that conversation with every little bit of social anxiety you have. Yeah. Uh, up next, Blake, why did, who's number two and why did Tommy Dreamer do all that on TV? Because Ric Rick Flair's a piece of shit, man. <laughs> I mean, God, this is one of those things, though, where it's like, I feel bad bringing it up just this year because this is when the uh, Fly From Hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring aired. Because we all knew, we all knew Ric Flair was a piece of shit. We all knew he was terrible, but we didn't... We didn't have details. Know. Yeah, we didn't we have didn't the have, details. Yeah, we didn't have accounts. Like, we didn't have the victims' accounts. That was the thing. Yeah, we didn't have them, like, talking about it, it just it, very in-depth, and you could see how uh, it was affecting them just heavily talking about it so many years later, and you're just like, and then Ric Flair uh, just keeps doubling down on it, and it's just like, oh, you're such a piece of shit. 
Yeah, it's it's just rough overall, man. Because, I mean, there is, like, a level of markdom to it of, like, Ric Flair comes out and says he slept with over a thousand women. And it's like, well, that could be That's his be character. That's, well, not even that that's his character. It's a full-on, like, he's charismatic. All of those women probably consented. <laughs> it's okay. And then this year happens, and it's like, no, probably not. Probably a large fraction of them didn't. Yeah. And those are the things that you have really started, like, having to look at yourself on how you think about a person, um, especially when these firsthand accounts come out and you're like, oh, if he was capable of that, you know he was capable of so much more. And yeah. now it's not just talk. And now it's just like, it feels like it was actionable. And I mean, like, how they react to it also has always been a big thing for me, because, like... I'll admit it, he's my favorite wrestler. CM Punk is a fucking scumbag back in the day. But the fact that when he got to AEW, the first thing he did was go to people like Serena D, people like Gallows, people he's worked with and just said, hey, if I was a dick to you, I'm fucking sorry. Like, full on. Like, that means a lot. That builds reports. Same thing with uh, Guevara. Like, Guevara talked to Sasha and was full on like, we need to talk this out. I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, Rick, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't do shit. Fuck you. <laughs> no, Rick, calm down. It's an honor to see the nature boys. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, take it to the. This should shock no one at home who the heel, uh, shoot heel of the year is. So, um, God, let me lay down, lay down the formula. So you know what makes just like a horrible just morally bankrupt, capitalist, piece-of-shit human being. First off, you record record profits for your company. Then, you cut one-third of your roster into a post-pandemic, not-fully-cured workspace, breaking multiple contracts, some of which you just signed them to last year. After you spent last year. Yeah. After you spent last year cutting 50 people in the middle of a pandemic, that's a whole nother story. Then, then what you do is you, uh, while your son-in-law is out, you take over the show that he has crafted lovingly like a baby and you gut it from the inside and fill its corpse with neon lights. That's what you do next. Then you continue to make deals for Saudi Arabian blood money. Yep. Then you have multiple women's matches there. Not not for like the sake of anything good, but so that you can get the positive PR press that you did it. Uh then you would also if you want to be this person, you would call up people from your developmental roster where they have a 30-day no compete. Well, then you would sign them to contracts for the main roster, so that way they actually have a 90-day no- non-compete, and then you immediately fire them once that goes into play. Because that's what everyone was saying happened with Hit Row. Yeah. And uh, and then, then your name would be Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and you would be the biggest scumbag in wrestling. Now, I don't believe... Vince did all of these things on his own. I don't think he is capable of it. And I'm not going to tell you that Vince McMahon is wholly evil, that he has not done good things and been a good person to other people. But I will tell you that Vince McMahon looks at show business solely for the word business, and that that has led to him 
pulling some of the most heinous, corrupt, like late late stage capitalist bullshit in the world. Between this, like like the censorship was the censorship of the fucking talk about a union. Was that this year too? Was Twitch this year? Twitch was last Twitch year. Was last that year. was last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's all but running still, together. He's been close. a dick for so long. I just assumed it was this year. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, Dylan, I have prepared a special presentation. If you would like a little bit of a brief recap on what they've done this year. <sighs> Go on. In fact, if you would go to Facebook, I've sent a link to a Watch Together page <laughs> so yes. we can all join together in this. Now, there are some positives. One of my favorite moments from wrestling is also in this. Also, the names of numerous individuals who may have been released by WWE this year. You know what? Let's just get into it. I have had friends, very talented friends, work for this company and be unceremoniously fired. They deserved it. They deserved yeah. it. They deserved it. Why? Because you don't know what makes a superstar in 2011. 2021. You don't know what these people want. Mm -hmm. You want to punish people for actually liking professional wrestling guys like Colt Cabana, guys like Luke Gallows. Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Andrade and Mickey James. No more Tucky, no more Chelsea, no more Kalisto. Peyton Royce, Billy Kate. You've gotta be joking me. What the fuck, no, what the fuck, they really released Joe. <laughs> We're gonna give you what you want. So that was a fucking lie. <laughs> Sullivan's in bomb, all the forgotten sons. Big Show, Ruby Riot, and that purple pedophile. Jessamine, Raleigh, almost all of NXT. Alexander, Buddy, Murphy, Santana, Garrett, goodbye. And finally, he goes up to the top to do that big coup de grace and win this match. And the top rope breaks, <laughs> and he stands Fuck. up, and he gets speared oh. and pinned. And I was like, wow. Tyler Breeze and Fandango, Nisa and August gotta go with Miro's bride, but by their side is Alistair Black. Both sings Davari, that Saudi money's looking sweet. Ruah Shafir and fucking 2.0. Kurt Stallion, Damo, Dark Side Flair has gotta go. Strowman got those hands, please book Bronson in Japan. Atlas, Bobby Fish, Sterling, Steven Smith, Ramblin' Rabs going mad. They release Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Becky says, let's tear the house down. Well, they ring the bell, and Becky punches her and hits one move and pins her to win the title. I went, oh my god. Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Adam Cole has had enough Joe's back became the champ, vacated and gone again Tyler Russ, Zangier, Martinez is gone this year B-Fab, Ember Moon, at least Eva is gone too Somebody stole my hat Frankie Monet, Bulldog Cross has got no job Metalik, Oni, they release Keith Lee Nia Jack, Scarlet B, Mia Yim, Ashanti Daniel Bryan left then so he could kick some heads in Goo is coming out of her hairline, covering her face Goo. The Fiend looks up and he goes, fuck! Goo is coming out of her face! <laughs> Randy Orton hits him with his hold He covers him and he hooks a leg and he gets a pinfall 
Trey Baxter Morrison, Rockstar Spud is gone again. Tegan Knox swerved Scott when hit row was getting hot. Releasing Zeta Ramia, then Jessica Mayaji, Drama Cortez, Slapjack hit the bricks. Top dollar Hardy, they're still making money. AE Dubs coming up, watch it every Wednesday. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021. I'm back. Bravo. I'm so happy you actually did this. <laughs> I was going to say, put this um, on every social media. There's, put this on Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Twitter. Yeah, there is a, uh, for the audio listeners, there's a video version that will be on our YouTube page as well that has uh, beautiful imagery to go along with it. Yeah, I wanted to get clips of us talking about how bad WWE fucked up. And I realized we don't discuss that anymore, so I just had to get Alvarez. <laughs> I, I had blocked out the Finn Balor thing. <laughs> yeah, I saw Same it. Here. I saw I, that. And I heard Brian's voice. And I was like, "Fuck, that did happen." There's yeah. like, it's, we, we talked about so much that we could drag uh, through the mud that WWE did, and we didn't even get to half of it that was in yeah. this video. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tried to get as much <laughs> squeezed in there as I can. I actually found a list top ten worst things WWE did this year, and I was like, "Time to cherry pick and choose out of this." <laughs> Do, do we do we get uh, any of them? <laughs> um, I think yeah yeah. You guys picked most of them that were already on there. Becky, Brian, uh, Fiend. I had to pull from that list, and then NXT 2.0. But yeah, that's uh, Blake. A couple of days ago said I'd love to make a We Didn't Start the Fire parody, but I'm really lazy. And I said, give me an edible in two hours, and I got that. And I didn't even need the edible this time. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies ate it and as gentlemen, a reward afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You needed it, I bet. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for night one of the Golden Boys. We will see you next week for night two. Fuck, fuck it. Let's not plug anything. It's whatever. You're here because you love us. It's okay. Bye. See you next time. Happy holidays.